AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, web editor here at CI. The economy in a general sense is pretty good right now. You know, we're hearing that many integration firms seem to have plenty of business. And while that's a great thing to hear, it's also telling of a lot of complacency. And when your business is good and things are going well, that's when you're not thinking about your efficiencies and you're not putting in things in place to be more efficient. So, oh, we'll, we'll address that later. We're too busy doing the work. But the, the problem is if you get a hold of your time, you can generate an awful lot more revenue. That's James Foxall, the president and CEO of a company called Tigerpaw Software. We'll learn some tips from James today on how integrators can keep better track of their business day to day and the story of how Tigerpaw got their unique name all in just a moment. But first, a little housekeeping. You can learn more about AV Plus online at commercialintegrator.com slash podcast and on Twitter by searching the hashtag AV Plus pod. That's A-V-P-L-U-S-Pod on Twitter. We'd appreciate it also if you could take a moment to hit subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It does help us reach more AV pros trying to find quality podcasts. Also, do you have a story of an embarrassing, awkward, or otherwise surprising time on a job? We want to hear from you. Email me at adam.forziati at emeraldexpo.com. That's A-D-A-M dot F-O-R-Z-I-A-T-I at emeraldexpo.com. Do you know someone in the industry who's about 40 years old or younger? Are they really awesome? Well, we want to hear about them, too. Visit us at commercialintegrator.com and search for 40 Under 40 to learn more. Lastly, we're still taking submissions for the 2019 Integration Awards, as that name suggests. This is a paid contest where you submit your best projects for consideration. Winners in different categories get tons of promotion and bragging rights. If you're a manufacturer, we're basically doing the same thing, but for AV products. Submit to our best awards for the chance of having your product be recognized industry-wide. To learn more about the Integration Awards or the best awards, visit commercialintegrator.com. But now, back to the show. So, you know, James, one of the things I want to talk to you right from the get-go is a lot of people aren't familiar with your company or at least as familiar as they should be with your company. And one of the first thing that, things that jumps out at you when you start to learn about your company is the very unique name, Tigerpaw. You've got to tell me where that comes from. It is unusual, and it's fun too. By the way, um, we we love it. We we have we take big tigers, stuffed tigers, to our shows. We've often we'll send them to people's kids with adoption papers. You know, we have a lot of fun with that. But we didn't start that way. So we started in 1984. My father founded the company. Um, so I'm second generation. I've been running it for about eight years, and he was in charge of all the mini computers across the U.S. for Union Pacific, and uh, worked directly for a gentleman named John Jorgensen, who started the data processing at UP. Right, early days of computing in the corporate world. And uh, my dad got tired of the corporate life and there was a big merger going on. He didn't like who his new boss was going to be and he struck out on his own. So he was kind of just doing um, basically any kind of consulting he could find, right? It was just him. And this would have been 84. So computers knew early. He called himself or his company Information Management Consultants, IMC. And that's the way it stayed until probably the early mid-90s. And then uh, we kind of had a phenomena happening. We're really close to Offutt Air Force Base. And you know, the military tends to be the first to get access to technology. So you had all these airmen that were getting exposed to computers before anybody else. And they were all moonlighting at night as information consultants. And it actually became kind of a, a dirty word. If you called yourself an information consultant, it was kind of a fly-by-night, didn't know what you were doing. So we needed a new name. And my, we were sitting around at my dad's house one night, and he was talking about this. And my father is a tiger fanatic. He's got a tiger tattoo. 
You know, he had a whole collection of plates with tigers on them and shirts with tigers and prints and artwork. You name it, if it had a tiger, he, he loved it. He very much identified with this solitary hunter and the, this apex predator. And I had actually suggested tiger paw and that was what stuck. And we adopted that somewhere in the mid nineties and then it ended up transitioning IMC out the door. And I have to say that this is a lot more fun name than IMC ever was. <laughs> That's a great story, and you know it's a well, memorable name, and 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 I always like to hear. I, mean, I know it's an inappropriate question for a reporter to ask. You're supposed to be above that, but I love to ask those questions about where company names come from. Well, since you acknowledge that, let me. I'll tell you. I said I just told you the public story. You want to hear the private story? I do. This is private, right? Yeah, I'll share, we'll share this with the world, but this is the story I don't <laughs> usually share. So you know, um, we in our early days were writing software for all sorts of companies. Uh, we had a client that had, I, I, I won't even mention the vertical, but they were well-known in our area. Um, we were putting in their Novell Networks. Uh, we wrote all their custom software, and a couple of things happened in a perfect storm. Um, they found out who we were buying, uh, who our distributor for our equipment was. This might be a story that resonates with some of the people listening. Um, they went behind our back with the distributor. Um, at the same, right after they had made a giant order with us and then declared uh, Chapter 13 bankruptcy protection. So we ended up owing, my parents in particular, being a sub-S, we owed the, the IRS about a quarter of a million dollars. And the only thing that kept my parents out of prison was the fact they declared their income, even though they didn't have the money to pay for it. And, you know, the, the, the sheriff shows up at the door, you know, the, the answering machines and little tapes back then were completely full of creditors, you know, driving old cars. It was a rough rough hole to dig out of. It's the side that um, most people don't see when they think about, oh, you run your own business, you've got it easy. But through that process, our credit had taken a bit of a bashing, as you can imagine. So we had kind of the, we did have the publicly, we, we had the, the information consultant thing taking place. We also had this challenge of having to repair our own name. So that, that's kind of the inside story of what was the genesis um, of, of why we needed a new name and then how we got to Tiger Paw. Wow, that's interesting. Some some uh, hard lessons here about business. And, you know, speaking about business, you know, another thing that's really important to track the inventory, particularly for integration firms who are selling, whether it be AV or security solutions, how they track inventory can be one kind of a pain in the butt, but also can have a huge impact on, you know, how healthy the company is. What are some thoughts that you might have about, you know, how to better approach inventory tracking? So when we got into building the type of software we have today, our, our first major client for it, remember we were a custom shop, right? So we didn't have a product, we had to build it, was for an Executone telephone in Omaha. I mean, again, a phone, comp a phone retailer is very similar to an integrator. I mean, they have physical items to sell and install and service afterwards. And back then, I mean, a big part of the inventory is just simply walking out the door and without any kind of controls on it. And, and I know some of the guys listening to this struggle with that too, with some of the shrinkage, right? So, you know, tracking all that you have, knowing where it's at, knowing what you paid for it. Uh, in Tiger Paws, Tiger Paws case, we track everything right to a serial number if you want to. We can tell the entire service history and where it's been and what trucks it's been on all by serial number. So, you know, a few things happen when, again, it starts with tracking and then you get the benefit from the tracking. So stale inventory, right? Being able to take a look and know what you've got by age. So that in, in this business, a lot of times age is death on a, on a component, right? I mean, you don't want to sit on something in two years, it's going to be obsolete. So knowing and having alerts telling you, hey, I've got some inventory that's going stale. Probably most people listening to us right now have had a situation where they've ordered something for a job and they already actually had one, right? They didn't realize they had one in the back room. Um, so reducing that kind of double order, um, having a smart purchasing system that makes sure that you have the things you need um, before you need them. So for example, we'll track inventory at a truck and you can put mins and maxes 
on specific vehicles. So if you want a certain amount of cable to roll on a vehicle or you want a certain amount of connectors, the things that are easy to forget and miss, you know, something like Tiger Paw can watch these and say, hey, you're running low. Let's get those fixed. Again, in an effort to avoid those costly part swaps. So, you know, tracking all of that inventory, even when it goes to a client, so you can look at the service history on it and the warranty history, all of that, if done properly at the end of the day, will save you money. So you're talking about, you know, some of these solutions, and it strikes me internally, uh, often companies don't do a very good job of integrating the different software solutions that they that they employ for their companies to, you know, hopefully, you know, come up with a solution to save time, effort, and money. You're in the software business. Have you noticed that? I chuckled because I could tell where you were going with this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the cobbler's kids have no shoes syndrome, right? Yeah, you're you're out there preaching these efficiencies, tying all this stuff together. You know, may, you know, getting mad at your client when they do do the things that you know is good for them. Uh, but back home, you know, she's just too damn busy for that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we see that a lot. We've seen you know we've seen ten million dollar companies being run out of spreadsheets, not well. Um, usually it's because they're very good at sales, right? Maybe maybe good at customer service. They're not an effective organization, but they've got enough cash flow to keep things going. So that is not uncommon at all. People really, I mean, it, it, we, we talk about working in your business um, versus on your business, right? Most people are working in their business, but you've got to dedicate time to work on your business. And sometimes it's painful. Maybe it means that you're going to take one less job this month, but those hours that you would have spent on that job are going to be spent on improving your own operations. Do you take an immediate hit from the, from the revenue? Sure, but you get a long-term gain in the, in the savings and the increased efficiency. So yeah, Tom, we see that all the time. You know, you mentioned like working on your business and, you know, I, I had mentioned at the onset that I remember, um, you know, you um, being at Total Tech Summit, which is basically an event where people work on their business. And one of the topics that exactly. I often bring up, I often bring it up on stage at Total Tech Summit to the point where people get annoyed with me bringing it up is that the the integration firms that we work with probably need to do a better job of, you know, adding, you know, sort of the, the managed services elements that, you know, their IT counterparts um, probably add. So security and AV guys need to do a better job of, you know, kind of adding that, you know, managed service element to their business. And, you know, you guys are in that, that you know, that arena where you can provide some, you know, some advice and, and maybe even some insight into how that can impact a business model. So even though I talk about it too much, I want to ask you about it as well. Um, why is that so important, and do you see that as a big opportunity for integrators? Well, I don't think you can talk about it too much. I think it is a huge opportunity. Um, I also think, you know, considering moving into managed services and adding a, a, an IT side to your business is also an opportunity. It's also protection from threats, and we can talk about that if you'd like to. Um, I think that's critical. I think what we're seeing with convergence is, is the lines are blurring uh, in different types of companies. But I will tell you, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of different types of technology sectors. The managed services space is, pro is, is by far the most progressive I've ever seen when it comes to automating a business, moving towards recurring revenue, and really getting efficient. Because these guys focus on, you know, how do we reduce the times we roll a vehicle to a client site? How much service can we do remotely? They focus on recurring revenue, you know, and the integrators that are doing recurring revenue, you know, the average, I believe, uh, residential that you're getting about $40 um, per customer and then in commercial about 123 a month. And those are some numbers I pulled from a magazine recently. You know, that, that you're talking about, uh, you know, re recurring revenue is one of those things you come in. If you have the recurring revenue that can pass your expenses, you walk in in the morning on the first of the month, you put your key in the lock and you turn it and it goes click and all your bills are paid for. 
And I can tell you from a software perspective, we passed that mark about five or six months ago, and it has been glorious. And the, the freedom it gives you to start thinking strategically and about the future, when you don't spend the first 23, 27, 29 days of the month you know, trying to make your bills, it creates an entirely different way to look at your business. So, you know, moving into a, a model like these guys have done, where your clients are paying you monthly bills, where they've budgeted them, they're comfortable with them, you're providing, uh, you know, a service in return, um, you're showing the value of the service you, you provide, whether it's through monthly or quarterly face-to-face -face meetings. I mean, this is the template they've done, and we see a lot of industries moving to adopt this. It's efficient, it's, it's, productive, it's profitable, and quite honestly, it's, it's, a, it's, a just, it's a much better model for your valuation. You know, everybody who listens to this sooner or later is going to want to get out of their business. A recurring revenue model, that's where you start talking about multiples on revenue and not multiples on EBITDA, right? So yeah, there's a lot to be said about that. And I do think those kind of principles should absolutely be being looked at by every integrator today. And it shouldn't be a question of, is this right for my business? I think the question is, how does this fit my business? And for a lot of people, it's a mix. You know, it's great to say everything you do should be recurring revenue. On the managed services side, unless you're a small MSP, you know, maybe a three-person company, I'm not quite a believer in that. We think you should be selling stuff and servicing that stuff after the sale, and some mix of that should be on a recurring revenue basis. So peeling apart the layers and seeing how it fits, I, I, I'm, in, you can tell I'm passionate about this. I'm in agreement with you. I don't think it can be talked about enough. This is the kind of stuff that when people go to like total tech and they're working on their business, which is great, but where's the accountability to go back and do something with it, right? Everybody gets together and talks about these things and recurring revenue. Then they go back and they get busy. And then a year later, they come to another conference and they talk about it. So I, I'm, I'm behind you, Tom. I'm completely behind you. I'm pushing that.